Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just 2 bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required. Uh, I'm just going to share something really briefly today. We're talking about the video, obviously, that we just saw about based on the story of the prodigal son. And it's found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 30. And, you know, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he was known as the friend of sinners. Even though he was separate from sinners himself, he was known as the friend of sinners. So in Luke chapter 15, there's actually three parables, three stories that Jesus tells. Uh, The first one is called the parable of the lost sheep. The second one is the parable of the lost coin. And then the third one is the parable of the lost son, or also known as the parable of the prodigal. The interesting thing about this is when you read the beginning verses in Luke chapter 15, it's very, very clear that Jesus was responding to accusations that he spent too much time associating with sinners. That's what it actually says when you read it. So unlike the religious leaders of his day, Jesus' following was not comprised of the good and the godly. His followers were ordinary people, as well as notorious sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, and so on. And the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders at that time, more of the conservative branch, really, theologically, they were, you know, just insulting him, and, and they were incensed over the fact that he spent time with sinners. Why aren't you associating with good people, with godly people? And so, you know, the, the composition of Jesus' church membership, he just thought, now, these guys aren't qualified. They're not, uh, you know, the people that you would want going to your church, so to speak. So, Jesus responds and says, look, I want to tell you a story. In fact, he tells three stories that reveals the heart of the Father. Because the Pharisees, even though they were the religious leaders, they didn't know God. They were just religious hypocrites. That's what Jesus called them. He said that they draw near to God with their mouths, but their hearts were far from him. And they were, their religious followers, they, were, they put heavy burdens on them. You know, do this, do that. And there was no sense of freedom, no sense of experiencing the truth of the gospel of which Jesus came to not condemn the world, but to save the world, to change people's lives, to give them a hope and a future. The word Pharisee literally means the separate ones. In other words, we're the upper echelon. We're the holier-than-thou leaders. If you really want to be something, you need to hang out with us because we're going to teach you how to be godly, how to be holy. And Jesus literally loved sinners, but he hated religious hypocrites. He loved them but he hated what they stood for, what they espoused. You just had to read like Matthew 23, for example, to see the heart of Jesus toward religious hypocrites. And these were the leaders, guys. These were the leaders. 
that were leading people astray. Jesus said, you travel land and sea to make one convert or proselyte, and then you turn them into twice the son of hell that you are. That's the way Jesus talked. That's the way he spoke. Because he, he realized that God, his father, had such a heart of compassion for people. And he was incensed and outraged even by the fact that God, his father, was being misrepresented by these religious leaders. Jesus, on another occasion, said, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. In other words, everything about him, you know, they were, they were just people that didn't know God were comfortable around him in the sense that they knew, even though Jesus was calling them to repentance and to a life of turning from the way they were living, they knew that he loved them, that he accepted them. And, you know, the, the truth is the gospel is all about being called into a relationship just the way you are right now, a relationship with God the Father that will change the way you are right now. So it's not like if I get my life together, if I do this and I do that, and then, I do, then I'll come to God, then I'll be good enough for him. No, 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 no. That's a lie. That's not the heart of Jesus. That's not the way God intended it to be. God wants you to come to him just the way you are in your brokenness, in your sin, in your confusion, in your struggles, with all your pain. That's what the gospel is all about. This story, it's, as I said, we often refer to it as the parable of the prodigal son. And it's obviously one of the most popular stories that Jesus ever shared. It's been spoken and preached on and shared throughout the world in the context of evangelism and, and you know, God wants you who've turned from him to come home. And it's a great message, and, and it definitely portrays the, the, the heart of God to restore people. But I really think that there's something that we often, for the most part, even overlook when we read this story or when we, we've heard it preached you know, there's an interesting word in English, the word prodigal. It literally means one who spends or gives lavishly, recklessly extravagant. That's the definition found in Webster's Dictionary. Did you hear that? One who spends or gives lavishly, one who is recklessly extravagant. So when we talk about the prodigal son and the way he lived, you know, he, he came to his father and he said, Father, you know what? I want what I have coming to me. I want the inheritance that is mine. And I don't want to wait until I die. I want it now. And the interesting thing is, in that time, do you know what should have happened to the prodigal son? According to the Jewish law, they should have taken him out to the gates of the city and pounded him with rocks and killed him because he was rebellious. That's what the custom was in that day. How dare you ask for your inheritance now, you ungrateful son? But what happens? The father 
is extravagant. The father, in a sense, is a prodigal that he gives to this son what he requested. And I know it's a parable and it's not an allegory, so not every detail is to be taken literally. But the fact of the matter is what is happening here is we're seeing the heart of God. The heart of God is this, that if you want something badly enough, even though it's not in your best interest, God will allow you. You can do it. You can have it. We, we all have free will, and, and we all can make that choice in life. But I want you to see here that Jesus was teaching clearly not just about the reckless lifestyle of a son who went astray, but he was portraying clearly the yearning of his heavenly father to see his children reconciled to him. You can do what you want. You can go the way you want to go. Go ahead. And the very moment that he received his inheritance, the Bible says just a few days later, he left the father's home. He journeyed off to a distant land. And when he was there, he began to party. He began to live recklessly, hence the term the prodigal. And then finally, literally after he had spent himself, after he had spent his resources, he came to the place where he had nothing and all his friends had abandoned him. At that moment, what ends up taking place is he realizes, I've got nothing. What am I going to do? So he hears about a job opportunity. And interestingly, he applies for this job and he's hired to feed pigs. A Jew feeding pigs. And what takes place is... While he's doing this, he's so hungry that the very pods that is pig food, he says, look, I just need some of those pods and just to sustain me. So he's at the place of desperation. He's, he's literally the epitome of someone who has hit rock bottom. Then he comes to his senses. And he says, oh, wow, in my father's home, it wasn't that bad. In fact, it was pretty good. Lots of food, plenty to eat comfortable bed to lay in. I know that my father will never take me back as his son because I've, I've so, uh, you know, been, I've been so disrespectful and dishonoring to him. But what I'll do is I'll just go back to him and, and say, Father, you know what? Just make me a servant. Just, just, you know, utilize me as you would a hired hand so I have food, I have provision. And in that story, it's very interesting because we see a few things taking place. First of all, the heart of this son is more concerned about the gifts and the things that his father could give him than his relationship with his father. And I want you to please understand that something that really the Lord has been speaking to me about is the fact that many in his church today, even Christians, guys, are more concerned about what God can give them than about actually having an intimate relationship with their father. 
And unfortunately, until we get to that place where we realize that the gospel is about having a relationship with God, it's not about going to church, obeying a bunch of rules, but it's being reconciled to a relationship with God first and foremost, then out of that relationship we have an intimate sense of connection with the Father, the one who created us in his own image and for himself. And that connection will literally create in us a sense of purpose, a sense of worth, and it will fill us up. Because when the prodigal left the father's house, what took place was when he went to that far up distant land, that void that he didn't recognize perhaps in his life ended up being filled with things of the world. This is scripture found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, and this is what it says. It says, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Think about that. Long before the physical departure took place, when he left his father's house, there was a spiritual separation that had occurred in his heart. He literally had this desire, this lust, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, it says in the next verse of 1 John chapter 2. And this desire for those things came about because that void in his life was not filled because there was no intimate connection with his father. Throughout history, we've read quotes of men who've, you know, just been able to identify this so clearly. St. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. Blaise Pascal once said that man tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. There is a God-shaped void, a God-shaped vacuum in every person. God created you and me for himself to have a relationship with him. People try to fill that void with things of the world, with things of this life, and even with religion. But God is clear. The only thing that will satisfy us is being connected to the heart of the Father. Having an intimate relationship with the Father. And so it doesn't matter today where you're at, whether you know the Lord or you say, well, you know what, I'm a Christian or I'm not a Christian. The question that we all have to ask ourselves today is, 
Why are we serving God? Are we serving God just strictly for the things that he can give to us? Well, I need him serving God because I want peace. I'm serving God because I need a healing. I'm serving God because I'm trusting him to prosper me or whatever it may be. Or are we serving God or in the sense that are we literally, have we given our hearts to the Lord because we recognize that there is this relationship that he's calling us into? It's an intimate relationship where we find our fulfillment and our satisfaction connected to his heart. No matter what happens in life, you can lose everything that you own. And I'm telling you, most people that really don't have that, anyone, let me say that again, anyone who does not have that intimate heart connection with the Father, you take the stuff from them and watch what happens. They fall apart. They fall apart. But you see someone who has that connection, that intimate relationship with the Father, no matter what they go through in life, no matter if they lose everything, no matter if they are in sickness, they still have great joy and peace because their satisfaction, their fulfillment is in a relationship with the Father. When the prodigal came home, please note, he didn't really return with a sense of, wow, I never honored my father. I never respected my father. He came back really the same way that he left with a selfish motive. If I go back to my father's house, yeah, he's not going to receive me. I understand. I don't expect him to restore me to that place I once had as a son in his household. But... At least I'll have the stuff again. At least I'll be taken care of. And the interesting thing is the Bible tells us that when he made up his mind to go home to his father's house, that his father saw him from afar. (laughs) The eyes of the father were constantly looking constantly scanning the landscape for his son. And when he saw his son, he ran to him. He embraced him. And he said, my son, which was lost, is found. My son, which was dead, is alive. And he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm not worthy to be called your son just make me a hired hand in your household. And the response of the father is extravagant. No, you're my son. I am restoring you to full status in my home. Bring out the best robe, the robe that was set aside for my son. Bring out a ring and put it on his hand and good shoes on his feet and fat and kill the fattened calf which in other words in that day that animal was being fattened for a time of celebration a very special occasion so he was saying this is the greatest reason we have to rejoice our son has come home. No condemnation, 
No, son, look, before I let you stay here, let's put you on three-month probation, and you sit and you work with the hired men, and then we'll see how it goes. Now he restored him. And I want to tell you, no matter where you're at today, if you've walked away from God, if you've never really known God at, in the way I'm describing today, if you're a Christian and your heart has just become cold and you've just began to pursue the things that God can give you, but you no longer have that intimate connection with the Father, I want you to know today that your Father loves you so much. In Galatians 5, 6, says, faith works by love. Anything we have need of, God wants to give it to us, but we will never experience that until we understand how much he loves us. We have a video that I want to play. It's, it's an amazing video. You were given a, a handout today. Like, this is called The Father's Love Letter. I want you just to watch this and just let it soak into you how much your father loves you. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And he is the father you have been looking for all your life. This is his love letter to you.
every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore. And I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you. For you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Xavier University is tackling Ohio's nursing shortage by giving individuals with non-nursing bachelor's degrees an opportunity to accelerate into the profession. Whether you studied accounting, biology, marketing, or anything in between, our ABSN program can prepare you for nursing practice in as few as 16 months. So if nursing is your calling, now's the time to answer it. Enroll for one of three terms at our locations in Cincinnati, Cleveland, or Columbus. Search Xavier ABSN to apply. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com listen. That's thefarmersdog.com listen. 